One week, guys. One week. One week from today, the Padres will be playing. They'll be in about the third inning. I was going to say one week until baseball, but we've already had baseball in Tokyo. Right. Uh, some cool moments. Mariners. Mariners and they, yeah. Uh, a nice farewell to Ichiro. Um, so very, very cool. And you know what else is cool? Although I should say it's bittersweet. <laughs> we are joined. You hear him in the background. Our buddy Carlos Ramirez from Telemundo, who uh, joined us, episode one of the On Fryer podcast. Get off your phone, you millennial. And he is joining... It's NCAA tournament, Togerson. <laughs> okay, by the there's way, a lot I'm going watching on. two teams I've We're... never watched before and getting excited about it. True story. True story. I'm so focused on baseball right now, I, for, I forgot the truth. <laughs> we, we, we are not guilty no. of that. No. Um, Carlos, we wanted to have you on. I meant to get you on the last couple episodes. That's, that's my bad. But we weren't going to let you get out the door without joining us one last time uh, because you have some exciting news. It's, it's sad for us, but some very exciting news. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me in the podcast again. Um, yeah, tomorrow will be my last day here in San well, I mean, Diego. It's Friday for people who are listening different Yes, times. it's okay. Friday, 22nd. So if you heard it after Friday, 22nd, I left. Um, it's going to be my last day here in NBC7 and Telemundo 20. Um, I'm heading up north to uh, the Bay Area to uh, work for Telemundo 48 and NBC11. Uh, it's perfect timing because Warriors playoffs around the, the corner yeah. uh last year of bruce bochi so we're gonna get to cover that uh his farewell tour doesn't seem it'll go that well because the team's not looking very good to Which be honest. oddly enough starts here in san diego yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's gonna be interesting uh the sharks are in a good run uh, towards the playoffs uh, right usually, now they usually are until the playoffs yes yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens uh, they're in good shape right now uh it's a lot of good sports up there i'm gonna miss san diego a lot uh it's going to always have a special place in my heart and for my family. Uh, this city opened its doors for me as an immigrant. I'm from Venezuela, and this is the first market I got to work here in the United States. So uh, you, Derek, you, Darnay, best of all for you guys. I'm going to root for the Padres quietly. Uh, and, if it, and if it's in the Giants' best interest, I will. If not, then, well, I won't. Uh, but I mean, I'm, it's like you said, it's bittersweet because I, I love this place. I love the people. Uh, but when you work in a company like this and you get an opportunity like this one, you have to take it uh, and just move on and be grateful for the chance you have and for the people who've taught you so many things uh, to the Padres, to the Aztecs, to uh, the fleet, to the soccers, to Cholos, every team you got to cover here. Thank you for your support and your being so welcoming with me. Uh, and we'll see each other uh down the road and thank you for all your hard work as well it's been, it's been really cool having you yes. here and we'll always have peoria yes we always have peoria yeah. so uh carlos we'll start with you just your uh your outlook a, a week out from this thing getting started where the padres are at and what's uh, your uh what kind of captures your interest when you think ahead to the season to be honest i'm scared uh, here's why. I, I Welcome think, to the club, brother. Uh, Welcome I, to the club. I, I, I'm scared because I think there's been uh, a lot of momentum built up to March 28th, uh, sold out stadium, the fastest in Petco Park history. Uh, and Aside it's, from the opener. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and it's because of one name. It's Manny Machado. And it's not Fernando Tatis Jr. yet. Uh, it's not uh, Chris Paddock yet. It's not uh, Luis Arias yet. But it's for Manny Machado, and to be honest, there's let's name the names that have changed the roster from last year to this year. And Machado's number one, and it's a mm -hmm. huge change. But he's one ball player, and he doesn't pitch, which is the Padres' main concern, concern right, right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, Paddock might solve a problem on a five-man rotation. He doesn't pitch every day, so he, he's a 
problem solver once a week, maybe. Uh, I'm happy for San Diego and for the Padres. I'm worried about maybe an, an excess of confidence and saying i've heard people oh we're going to win the division or oh, we're going to oh, go you, to they can pump the brakes on that right now but i see what you're saying but you but yes you don't want to go out and get all this excitement all no this and then opening day go out and land it no i mean then I, all that excitement goes flying right out the window and it takes a month of good ball to get it back and not so much opening day Derek. but let's say what, what happens if the padres are playing 500 ball uh come june or come july right. uh and people well are we going to win it all because we spent 300 million dollars on this guy and we're not being better than the Rockies or the Dodgers, who We're I think are the playoffs who year. I think are going to win the division either or. Uh, I think Padres are better than the Diamondbacks right now. I think they'll be last in the division. Uh, they got dismantled. I have a couple of good pictures, and that's it. And I think the Padres will fight the Giants for a third or fourth place, maybe even better. But on the strength of Bruce Bochy being a tremendous manager, yes. Yeah. That I mean, but beyond that. Uh, I, I, I don't want people to get overly excited, but not to get depressed. Too oh, late, dude. I know. Too late. It's that, ship is, that, that train ship has sailed. sailed. I, I, I do think people have an understanding that it is a plan for the future, right? Uh, that it but is we not. Want the future now. We want we, the future. Everybody we, wants we the future now. We million dollar you know, ex- express lane. But he has yeah. a, how long is this contract? Ten it's years. at least five years. Yeah, yeah. It's at least five years. And so it's not 2019 or bust. Uh, people have been talking about 2020 for so long. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you. And we've, we've all had those moments of, as a sports fan where uh, the, the progress has been accelerated. Things are moving along faster than you expected. Mm-hmm. And you can't turn that off when you get there. There's no being satisfied with, well, I didn't think we we're going to make the playoffs now that we're here. Whatever happens, we're fine with. Yeah. No, you once you're there, you want to compete. And so there will be that disappointment whenever it ends, if it doesn't end in a World Series. But, but I do think people understand, look, this is a, a long-term play, and the future of this team is, is bright well beyond 2019 and 2020. You touched on it. The starting rotation is going to be their biggest problem. Yep. That's been their biggest problem for a while. I started looking at this a little bit different way, thinking, okay, what did they have at the beginning of last year mm-hmm. versus what they have at the beginning of this year? And I really think it's addition by subtraction hmm. because there's going to be no Brian Mitchell in the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. He blew up too many times last year to even count. You're not going to have Clayton Richard in the starting rotation, who was good in stretches, but he wasn't one of those dominant kind of guys you can always rely on. Mm-hmm. You had a, a rookie in Joey Lucchese who was figuring out his way in the major leagues, who pitched very well and is very likely going to be the opening day starter this yeah. year, and I think deservedly so. You've got guys in the rotation now who are – legitimate prospect kind of guys who have done it before I think it's you don't have the guys you know you can't rely on there's no Luis Perdomo who you're sure. like, I don't know what I'm getting night in night out yeah. you're going to have guys who I think are going to be better to adapt and learn and become better pitchers in the long run so just simply by not having those dudes that I mentioned in, in the starting rotation you got better yeah there's, there's potential at all five spots. There's guys that Correct. you feel good about. Uh, they, they've got the stuff. They have what it takes to perform night in, uh, at least one night to the next. I mean, especially with the young guys, can they string together the innings? Can they string together the starts? Uh, or is it are you riding kind of the highs and lows? And so that that's the question. But there's nobody that you look at. When he takes the bump any given night, you're like, oh, this could be this could be a disaster. This, this could this be could, trouble. Which, which is what you had probably two or three nights a week yeah. last year. Like, oh, what are we? Okay, hold on. But also, and look at the excitement. I know you guys weren't weren't here last year, but I look at the excitement when a Joey Lucchese or an uh-huh. Eric Lauer started. It was like. We might see something good. Yeah. Well, we might. This could be. This could be something well, really cool. Uh, now, these are both. These are both. You know, top prospect yeah, kind of guys. This would be really fun to watch. I was here, but uh, to your point. Uh, I think there's now more questions that need to be answered because we have 
too many people to answer them instead of not enough. Oh, you mean we have depth? We have depth. <laughs> depth. Yes. I'd yes. love to have some depth. Yeah, but yes. last year you had depth, but it wasn't good depth. No, no. Let, okay, no, let's see. You, let's you, see. You had you had stop gaps. Yeah, that's, you didn't have depth. Yes, there's a big yes, difference. Yes. So this year you have depth in the outfield, mm -hmm. to the point that you could part ways with Corey Spangenberg. Nothing happened with that, right? So he's they got gone. better. They got Again, better. Addition by subtraction. You got better. So question number one. Who's going to be the catcher opening day? I think it's going Austin to be Austin Hedges, 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 right? It's Austin Hedges. But what happens if Hedges comes within a month or a month and a half and he's not batting and pressure starts cooking and we want to see Francisco Mejia? Yeah. How is the pitching staff? Is the pitching staff top three in the league? That's in the a RA? point. That, there, then, that's then Hedges a point. is doing his job. Well, I think the, the depth in the lineup and the strength in the lineup outside of Hedges buys him some insurance because whereas in the past, they absolutely need him to hit. They need anybody to hit, right? But now is this the type of situation where there aren't very many holes in the lineup. If he does turn into one, but he's doing a good job of handling that staff and he's showing his strengths defensively, maybe just can kind of live with that. Well, that's one. Uh, I think if we could do like the lineup for first day for opening day, we could say Hedges mm -hmm. is going to be the catcher, Hosmer is going to be in first, mm -hmm. uh, Kinsler second, Urias on shortstop, and Machado third. Right. And then you would go uh, Margot on center field, maybe. Uh, well, the opening day, they're facing Madison Bumgarner. That's a lefty. Yeah. Will Myers has been playing center field during spring training yeah. because they want to have Will Myers, Hunter Renfro, Framil Reyes. They want all those three big power well, bats. that could be, yeah. Lefties. Problem is, that's a very bad defensive outfield. Manuel Margot. And you saw it. You saw it. He's incredible defensively. Well, today's 21st. You saw it on yesterday's game against the Brewers. Uh, it was a mess in the outfield. Yeah. Yesterday's game. It was bad. So uh, that's a solid lineup right there, both with the glove you, you can, you can or, or the bat. You can score a lot of runs that way. And with the glove, it's a better team. The team lost Freddie Galvez, who's a, to me, is a gold glove shortstop, and he solidified the entire infield. But this is a much better infield with. Myers out the way. He was in the way. Sure. Now he's not. He's out the way. Machado's, I think he's the second best third baseman in the division or nationally because you have um, Arnado there in Colorado. So you know, again, he's, he's one of the top five defensive third basemen of all time. Yeah. Which is problem is so is Nolan Arnado. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so that's one. Um, and the other big question I think we're going to learn pretty quick the answer to is how is going to Andy Green manage the pressure? Because last year he was a guy who was – managing a team with zero expectations to a team that now has some expectation. I'm not going to say Dodger expectation or Yankees or Red Sox, but there is some expectation for the team not to be the laughing stock of the West division. And that's a question mark. We have question marks in the starting rotation, question marks behind the plate, question marks all these different spots, question marks and who's going to come up when with Tatis and these guys. Andy Green is a question mark mm -hmm. because Andy Green has never spent one day as a major league manager with a winning record. Yeah. If they win their opener and they're 1-0, it'll be the first time he's ever been a winning manager as a major league manager. Now, he's won two Southern, Southern, um, Southern League Manager of the Year awards. That's a good double A. The guy knows what he is doing when it comes to baseball. Can he handle major league players sure. who have money, who have ego, who have and have earned it, by the way? Versus these guys who are trying to come up and they'll listen to anything you say. That's going to be the question mark about Andy Green right now. Now, can he do it? I still absolutely think he can do it, but we need to see it. Yeah, and I think we spoke about this in previous episodes. 
how he handled things early on, how he handled things the week that the Machado news broke, how he handled being asked about Machado maybe not hustling and what he wants to see from his guys. He seems to just have a, a good beat on this team and on the personalities. Uh, he seems like the type of guy that understands the different dynamics and the different personalities and has an appreciation for them. The, the guy's differences, how everybody is uh, just kind of wired differently. And, and I think... Uh, he, I think just kind of the, the emotional intelligence that you need to have a manager or a coach when there are those big personalities, uh, he, he doesn't seem phased by any of that. He doesn't seem like he's in over his head. Very even keel. Very yeah. even keel, very confident. Almost to a fault. And, and self-assured, too. Yeah, he does just kind of have that cool calmness about him. I'm not so – who knows how it plays out, but – that's one thing I'm not necessarily worried about. And I do think it helps when you have leaders on the team like a Hosmer, like a Kinsler, guys that have won World Series, and then a guy like Machado, who yeah, who knows how things play out, but he has said all the right things in terms of wanting to be a leader for this team. So I don't think it's a situation where Andy Green is in on his own and all these personalities that could be working against one another that he's got to kind of figure out. And I don't know if you guys talk – at some point about this in the past. Well, you, you couldn't have because it happened a couple of days ago. Uh, the fact that the, the Harper and Trout uh, deals got done after the Machado one, I think takes pressure off Machado and off and takes the, the focus off the Padres. I mean, there's going to be some focus on it, uh, on the deal and the team, but uh, what happens with Trout is nuts. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be the main... Uh, he's, so, under, he's underpaid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the main story on the West Division on the American League, right? But No, no it, it, it'll be that way until opening day because the Angels still have nobody who can pitch. Well, if, if he can do it on Otani, he might do now. I mean, for that contract, he might as well. You know what? I can do If he can do it, so can I. Uh, no, just kidding. So, uh, are we locked in Lucchese for opening day starter? If you look at it, he's going to throw on Saturday. Yep. And then you go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday. 23rd. Saturday, 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. And Fifth day would be opening day. And Green had mentioned how in the last week or so, that's when they're going to start to kind of line it up. Right. And using that as the gauge, it would make sense. And just knowing what we know about Lucchese and his experience and what he's shown this spring, it just kind of adds up. Look, so who's your, who, if you were to predict right now the Padres starting five in order, who would it be? I would, Lucchese, I would go Lucchese. Lauer. I'd, I'd go Strom next. Mm. Okay. Strom, and I'd go Paddock to throw the right-hander in the middle because okay. you're going to have two more lefties coming. Then you okay. got you got Lauer, and I think Logan Allen's probably yep. won that last yeah. job. Yep, yep. Well, it seems like that five is more or less locked in. I mean, just in, in following the team, how everybody's talking about that group. Robbie Earl is still a possibility. I, th- I don't think Quantrill is still a possibility. I think Robbie Earl is still a legitimate Ro- possibility. Robbie Erlin's got knocked around but had a solid two innings the other day. Um, and now, now, would I choose him? No, I put Logan Allen in there because <laughs> I think the guy is as major league ready as any pros- pitching prospect in baseball who has not made a big league start and not is, is not named Chris Paddock. Yeah. But the, the Padres like him. They might want Allen. Maybe his thigh where he got drilled by the line drive. Maybe it's not quite right yet. I, um, they, they might give it to, to Erlin out of camp. I think Allen, though, if he's right physically, he's got to yeah. be the guy. And he bounced back all right from that really rough start he had after – taking the ball to the thigh mm-hmm. and uh got no defensive help by the way got no defensive yeah. help but it, from from the sounds of it those are the five that you're looking at and then the question is uh, how much does that fluctuate mm-hmm. 
you know, as the season goes, depending on performance and that sort of thing, because there are guys like the guy we heard from last week, Cal Quantrill, who is in the, uh, you know, the conversation um, for the rotation. And, and there are other names. Well, I mean, what happens now with Jacob Nix? With the, shut him down for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the slight UCL tear. So, I mean, the those last couple spots, you know, we spoke about it a little bit. How much does that kind of change? How fluid is that as the season goes? But as of right now, that seems to be everybody's guess, the five guys you mentioned in terms of the rotation. I think that would be the order that they come into. Yeah. Uh, is there a guy more underrated right now for the team going forward if they're going to be successful this year than Ian Kinsler? I think not. No one's talking about him uh, beyond us or people who are really in-depth into the Padres. Well, because the assumption is that he basically holds second base until Tatis gets there. And then they move Urias back to second out shortstop, and then Kinsler becomes – the veteran guy and the veteran bat off the bench. I think that's the assumption a lot of people. But have. what happens if that he's doesn't perform in spring training? Yes, yes, which because he knows that he knows. Okay, uh, I I'm on a day by day basis. If I don't do well, they'll we they'll all? call up uh, <laughs> Tatis and I'm gone. Not gone, but I'm benched. Right. Uh, but I think the same goes for uh, Urias. Um, Kinsler has been here before. Urias hasn't. He hasn't started an opening day ever in Major League Baseball. Tatis he's won't been on a roster. In opening yeah. Day. So Tatis and Tatis won't be here. Uh, Either so, Kinsler is in a more much more comfortable position just because of experience than the other two kids, right? Yeah. Uh, if the team goes well, and he's been here before so many times with uh, any team you can mention, Detroit, Boston, Anaheim, and he's done well, uh, it's going to be fun to see how he adapts to the National League, to this division, uh, to a new team, to having Hosmer first, to having Machado at third. He has, I think, this is the best infield he's played with. In his entire career, I, I, I don't remember him having. He, he had Beltre at third base in Texas. Who was in first? Had, Moreland? Mitch Moreland? Maybe. Didn't you have, uh, you would have Andrews or. Uh, this is the best infield Ian Kills has played in his, in his life. In Detroit, he had he had Cabrera at first. He's not a Coke lover. And he had Castellanos at third. And he had Iglesias in, in shortstop for a while there. All right. Which is, it's, it's an okay team. This is the better team that Kinsler has played in his career. Yeah, he defensively. Had Bo, he had Bogarts at short last year when he got traded to Boston. Yeah, but. And he had, he had Devers at third. He's, he's not he Machado. Had, uh, kind of a revolving door at first. So it, it's a point. And he, he doesn't have to be the go-to guy for the infield to be stabilized. He will have to be the go-to guy to mentor I know Machado's. He seems to be walking a straight line, and having Hosmer here will set him straight if he goes stray a bit. But the guy I think will stabilize everything is one Hosmer and two Kinsler. And I would like to see what happens if he is playing good and Urias isn't, and then you call up Tatis. It's again, it's a death problem, but I'm very, I'm encouraged so far of what I've seen from Kinsler in, in the spring ball. But it's a good problem to have too with that kind of depth. Yeah. Well, and, you know, how have we felt about the spring Arias has had? You know, it hasn't blown you away, right? And he had the hamstring. And right. so all of this, you know, we always want to think about the best-case scenario, right? And that is Tatis and Arias taking things over the middle of the infield at some point this season, and that's just what it is. But it might not necessarily play out that way. And Arias might still have some growing pains he has to get through this season, and that's a heck of a plan B to have in a guy like Ian Kinsler. And, you know, same can be said, you know, with Tatis, with the ability to put Kinsler at second, Arias at short. And so uh, it's there's so many question marks with this team. And Certainly the middle of the infield is one of them. Is the potential great, just like some of the guys in the rotation? But we don't necessarily know that it's going to play out that way. But just look at the difference last year. We have question marks this year, and which of these studs is going to play? Yeah. Versus last year, the question was, 
uh, who do we have left to play second? Is it Spangenberg? Is it a Swahe? Is it who? Can anybody? Barella. Right, can anybody handle yeah. second and third base? Yeah. We, you know, taking a deli line and just drawing numbers. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's your turn today. See if you don't screw it up too bad. Now they've got a Hall of Famer at third in his prime, and they got a guy who's been to the World Series three times and won it once in Ian Kinsler, and. A kid in Luis Arias, who's one of the top middle infield prospects in all of baseball, was 21 years old. And as Andy said, he's hit his whole life. He's hit at every level he's been in. He's going to hit. I, 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 will, I would prefer this situation over last year's situation. Well, and it was funny when uh, Andy Green, you asked Andy Green about yep. the, possibly having the best infield in baseball. And his line was, I, I like it better than the one we had when I got I here. Think he has. I think, I think, name, I dare anyone listening to the podcast, name a better infield in baseball right now. Houston, Going from maybe Houston. Hmm. Who's catching? Depending, depending on it from, I'm talking about just around. Okay, okay. first or third. Okay, not Bregman not, at third. Yeah. Correa at short. Altuve. Altuve. Yeah. At second, who they have at first? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, 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 not Eric, it's not it's Eric Hosmer, and it's, it's not, not a gold glover. No, it's not Eric Hosmer. But those three guys, they, 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 they'll give you a run for your money of the middle and over a third base. That's a really, really, really ridiculously good infield <laughs> they have, both both defensively and Man, offensively. Can we say they have the best infield in National League? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, they have the best infield potential when Tatis gets there. I think they have the best... They have the best infield potential. He's got a gold glover at first. You got a, you got an all. Okay, they have Gurriel in first base. He's a good okay. first baseman. He's, he's not Hosmer, base. but he's not he's not a black hole. He's right. a good first base. He's good. He's yeah. he's going to hit a little bit more than a little bit. He's going to hit. He's going to he's not going to be a liability defensively. Yes. Yes. I'm just enjoying the fact that Derek just quoted Derek Zoolander. I I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> no, no, that was I'm well glad we picked up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, we we touched on the outfield, and we've and you know we spoke about this with Hedges and Bahia. How does it look now? How does it look, you know, in July? When Travis Jankowski is healthy, mm-hmm. when you have a guy like Manuel Margot, we talk a lot about that center field position. We have an idea of what it's going to be uh, with Reyes, Myers, Renfro opening day. Is that what it looks like on a consistent basis that, you know, y- you can operate with a platoon? Uh, but how do you expect that to kind of take shape as the season goes? Because obviously you mentioned that's a concern. I think Myers has to play because of his bat he's the best bat we have in the outfield it's with, coming around now two yeah. two straight games yeah so he he's looking in good shape and he's comfortable and he said before the spring started knowing that i'm going to play in left field uh, gives me more confidence in my at bats i know where i'm going to play and three weeks later he's playing center <laughs> but but it, i mean it's not third base he didn't want to play third base he wasn't comfortable i don't know he was scared not like oh i'm afraid but just uh am i going to be a hole here? Am I going to be a distraction for the team? Am I going to be the, the weak link on the chain? I don't want to do that. So I think he has to play at some degree. Uh, then I have a flip between Renfro and uh, Reyes for th- uh, right field. Who's swinging it better? Yeah. And, and then I think the better glove is Margot. But it all will depend on who's pitching, on who, where are you playing. If it's an, you know who you haven't mentioned? You have mentioned the one left-handed French Bordero. The only left-handed bat yeah, out there. And there's French. a lot of right-handed pitching. And if he's if he is not striking out at a thirty-five yeah. percent clip, yeah. and he's putting the ball in play with his kind of pop, he's going to get a lot of at bats, and deservedly so. Let's make a bold prediction. Today's March twenty-first. I predict that by June twenty-something, let's say July first, okay. the Padres will bundle up a couple of those outfielders and go get a pitcher because I think they're too good to be stacked. Their stock is going to go down. Okay, which two? And and then who comes up to play? I, the I think I think Reyes will be Jankowski one. Jankowski gets healthy. I maybe I think Reyes will be dealt at some point, hmm. uh, or or 
who's playing whoever they can get more out of Renfro or Reyes. I don't think they're going to touch Myers or Margot. Uh, I think they can get better value for Reyes or Renfro in the market. And then the other one, who they want to ship Cordero or Jankowski or whoever. Uh, I don't see anyone taking the Myers contract in getting a pitcher in return. So I'm going to say by July 1st, when uh, the trade deadline approaches, the Padres will bundle a couple players with, again, Reyes or Renfro and get a good, solid, maybe second starter to that rotation who they can use to uh, their advantage in a couple of years. What if, what if they don't have to trade anybody? Dallas Keuchel's still out there. Well, what, yeah, if they, I mean, what, what if they can just go out and get that guy? Also, Manuel Margot, people forget he's been around for a few years now. He's only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He is still a guy who was developing. He's on the ups. Remember, guys don't usually start to hit yeah. their prime until 25, 26, yeah. 27, 28. If he, he's always been very good defensively. If he can learn to hit, even a little, if he can get to 265 with a with an OPS around 750, boom, you've got yourself one a heck of a center field option that you don't have to worry about nearly as much. It's been the bat that's been the problem yeah. and, and some lingering injuring issues because he plays so hard defensively. I, th- I think the Padres will pull that trigger if they're in contention for something. If, if the Dodgers go south, uh, they haven't made any big splashy moves we thought they would make. They got uh, Corey, Corey Seager back. Yeah, that, that's okay, pretty good. But they they lost Puig. They lost. I mean, they they, they lost a, again a addition pieces. by subtraction. Yeah, uh, look out for the Reds. Okay, I mean people the are Reds, sleeping on the Reds. The Reds don't have enough arms. They're sleeping. On, I know, but they're sleeping on the Reds. And the Reds don't have enough arms coming in the, in the system either. They might. So I think they'll pull the trigger if they're in contention for a playoff spot and deal a couple of those and get a pitcher in return. Who do you think is the more crucial bat right now in the lineup? Will Myers or Framil Reyes? Well, it's gonna, Myers based on contract because he is going to get every chance to play. He yeah. has the ability. He has, he has the track record. He's a 30-home run guy. He's a guy who is a known commodity, so you need the known commodity to perform up to his standards. What Reyes gives you, we're still not sure what he can give you. And that, so what, what, if he yeah. gives you just it lives up to his potential and blossoms, yeah. fantastic. But you need the baseline of Will Myers. And the fact that he's cheaper and we don't know what this true ceiling is for Reyes makes him more, uh, I would say, likable for a trade. More, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just bring that up because he's had a good spring and the guys really like him, and he's a guy that you could plug into that cleanup spot. Um, and if he shows what he's shown in the spring, I mean, that, that bolsters the lineup that much more. Oh, he shows what he showed when he came up for the second time last year. Exactly. He's swung the bat really well. Yeah. And so, you know, if he continues to do that, then you're looking at basically two outfield spots that are more or less locked up day in, day out. And here's the other thing. We don't know in what shape will Denelson Lamette come back midseason. He will come back. How? We don't know. Right. He might, I mean, the Padres might not have to trade anyone if Lamette is the guy we all assume he can be and he, we've he, seen him to be yes yeah, yeah. but that slider, we, that slider is real but we don't know how the elbow is going to come back how he's going to feel how, we don't know how the speed is, is, is going to be there i mean tommy john is a dicey uh surgery right so we don't know if he's back to lamette status then he's the guy you need and then you don't have to trade anyone yet and hold him on and then see what happens I don't know if you guys have paid any attention to the NCAA tournament yet today, but one of the oh, best, yeah. no, one of the one of the best finishes, and you'll understand why I'm bringing this up. Auburn, New Mexico, in New Mexico yeah, State, and Auburn, and uh, War Eagle, Auburn, Auburn, man, did they dodge a bullet? Yeah. Both teams actually were were kind of trying to lose that one. Uh, New Mexico State passed up a layup that would have tied it. I got fouled on three pointer, missed two, yeah. got a wide open three pointer to win it, and airballed it. Uh, it's a strange finish, but Auburn moves on. And why do I bring up Auburn, Derek? Because they won. 
No. Because I'm an Auburn fan. Because of a guy that you spoke with in yep. Peoria. Trey Wingender, another Auburn guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's a good segue. Well done. I was, to- I was just totally falling the basketball angle <laughs> I on that. figured you like, would pick up on that right away. Wake up, Wake up! In Peoria, you you went up to him and said, hey, War Eagle. So I, I figured that'd yeah. be a dead giveaway. And, he, and it was funny because he's sitting there in his locker room, right? Trey War Eagle. Hey, War Eagle! And the second you have that kind of a connection yeah. with somebody, yeah, yeah. he's like, what do you want to talk about? You want my firstborn kid? Yeah, yeah he's ready to take you out for lunch. Yeah, totally do it. This is a kid who's been, you want to talk about lights out? Holy smokes. This guy has been lights out. And the Padres bullpen is going to be very good. And again, very deep. They're going to be able to dip down in the minor leagues. I mean, Trey Wingenter is a guy who is striking out two per inning, hasn't given up a run Mm. this spring, was good when he came up last year as a rookie. He's got a really good slider. His changeup has improved over the course of the year, and his fastball still touches triple digits. So he's a guy who you can look into that bullpen and go, all right, I like it. You got a power arm who's going to not walk a lot of guys and get you strikeouts when you need strikeouts. Meaning when he comes into an inning and they're, you know, two on and nobody out. What do you want? You want somebody to mow down the middle of the order. He's got that kind of stuff. So we're going to insert here the interview with Trey Wingenter, who talked about what he's been able to do in the offseason and how much better he is coming into this year than he was when he was a rookie. So with with a guy like Machado behind him, I mean, you've you've seen the way that guy plays defense. From from a pitcher's perspective, what's it like you knowing that guy's over on at third base for you? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's it's a you know he's one of the best defensive third basemen in the league, if not the best, and it's going to help you know save runs for us and uh, you know bail us out of some uh, some tough situations for sure. That pitchers love that. So he's an offensive player, but for, from a pitcher's perspective, can you learn anything from him? Like you know, talk to him about you know how to uh, attack certain hitters, anything like that? Can you can you get information from a guy like that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, all these guys can help you. Uh, you know, I mean, you see, you face your own guys through live BPs, but hitters have some of the best feedback for pitchers that you can get. You know, how your slider's coming out, um, how your fastball's playing. You want hitters' feedback because those are the guys you're going to get out later in the year. You know, with them on our team, I you know, obviously everybody's been saying it, but you'd rather have them on your team than face them. And uh, you know. Any feedback you can get from those guys, and uh, you know, is huge. What did you learn about yourself last year when you came up to the major leagues in that time? Uh, well, I learned that you know that I can, you know I can hang, that I, that I belong in the major leagues, and, and I can you know the stuff to get guys out, and and uh, you know that was a bit of confidence that I had going into the off season. Had some things I could clean up, and and you know and, and roll that into the you know the next year, and hopefully try to help this team. The bullpen was one of the best bullpens in baseball last year. How much better can it be this year? Because you guys were, by and large, a lot of young guys last year. The young guys are, you know, I can speak for myself and, and you know, the other young guys in the bullpen. We're planning on getting better every year and, you know, every time out. So I think the sky's the limit for these guys. Um, we got good leadership with Kirby and Craig in the bullpen. And, and uh, you know, the young guys are only going to get better under their leadership and with more reps. And, and it should be a pretty special group. How's Avilo? Still sitting around triple digits or you got, you got a little more in there? That's a goal. I mean... I'm going to push this, push this as high as I can, but uh, if I'm getting guys out, I don't care if it's at 89 or, you know, 109, so. Yeah, you and Stock both throwing 100 miles an hour, and then you might, and if Munoz shows up, he's, he's up there around 103. It's, I mean, how many power arms can you possibly put into, into one pen? We'll take as many as, as we can, and, you know, I think the way our pen was set up last year and, and hopefully will be this year is we've got a good mix of everything, and, uh, It'll be tough for guys. You're not really going to see the same look, you know, over and over from our bullpen. You're going to get a little bit of everything from both sides. Um, sinkers, you know, high spin rate guys, power sliders, change. You're going to see a little bit of everything out of our bullpen. And I think that's part of what made us really good last year and, and hopefully we'll be, you know, up there again this year. How do you feel just as a whole about uh, the group of relievers, the bullpen that we have going? They've got guys who are going to be going down to the minor leagues 
who are legitimate big league relievers, mm. which is really a good problem to have because they brought in Aaron Loop. He's got your your situational lefty, your 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 loogie, your left out one, you know, left one one guy, you know, whatever it is. Um, I know don't all the acronyms in baseball anymore. There are too many of them. Knock it off, guys. Um, you're gonna have they brought in Adam Warren, who is gonna be he's a veteran guy who knows how to get people out. So they're going those two guys are all of a sudden gonna be there. So you can Robert Stock may or may not be there he's a guy who throws triple digits he pitched really well in spurts last year after a little bit of a rocky start he was really good down the stretch phil maytons looked good phil maytons looked really he's good looked kirby real good. yates has looked like a legitimate closer like kirby that. yates we did. talk about that splitter he also throws 95 yeah. with a fastball and then throws that that splitter the, the padres part ways with brad hand and everyone thought okay we don't have a closer for the future and then here and, comes kirby, and here's yates. kirby yates and he's yeah. and he's awesome and yeah. they, they've got a lot of guys who are going to be really good and if somebody goes down you can go dip right down the system and bring up another one of these power arms. And I want to know when does Andres Munoz get here? Because he's pumping 103 on the gun right now, and there's more in there. And we still have to wait. Talking about young arms, he's a different role. But uh, we're waiting still for Anderson Espinosa. He's healthy for the first time in two years. I watched him do a pen. Uh, and this guy, he was oh. the number one pitching prospect the Red Sox had when the trade happened. Uh, so the Pod- Drew Pomeranz right yes. after the 2016 All Star. That's game, right. right. So he was, and he got injured like uh, two months after the trade Same happened. Same thing happened with Chris Paddock. That's right. right. So now he's 100 percent healthy for the first time in the last two years. I spoke with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're from mm-hmm. the same country, and he's he, he told me that the the most difficult thing to handle was the mental aspect of right. being injured and then re-injured and trusting the arm, trusting the shoulder, trusting the elbow. He it wasn't the same injury twice. It was different injuries he had. So dealing with that moving forward, having the, to trust your stuff again, and he's, he finally said, okay, now I'm in a good place, both mentally and physically to tackle whatever I can find. I don't think we'll see him up this year. I think it's way too early for that. But he's a guy you can – you we should, we should all just uh, be – on the lookout for what he does in double-A ball, which is he's going to be assigned to. I, I I don't know if I talked about this here or not, but I watched him throw a bullpen when we were in Peoria. And he was having bouncing balls. He was just kind of working his way through, feeling through stuff. And he was throwing about 75%, 80%. And then he cut one loose. And that ball cooked the air yeah. as it got to the, yeah. I have never seen a dude, because he's not a big guy. No. He's what, 5'11", he, he has the same five pounds. So people can... Young Pedro Martinez. He right. Yeah, or if you want to go... From his country, he's the, he's a righty Johan Santana. He has the same height and weight of Johan Santana. He's does, the he same have, guy. does he have that changeup? The changeup is very good. I love you, Johan. <laughs> but no, um, he's when when he let that when he let that one go, yeah, no. it was like whoa. I mean, people people on the other side of, of the row of pitching mounds there in, in mm. Peoria at the complex, people. <laughs> what was that? It was it was electric. It was like a it was like Thor had shown up with the the Stormbreaker right in the middle of the battle, and he was about to go try and kill Thanos. If it was like that. If awesome. you say Thor again, I'm gonna think we got Syndergaard. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah, up Derek. Don't come, don't mess people up. But I said Stormbreaker. I know. I know. Uh, I was just thought you were talking about the bad weather in Peoria when we were there. It was. It, it was bad, and it, it sounded like a, a thunderclap. All right. How about a little uh, three up, three down? Um, Three positives, three negatives. I'll give you a second to think. Okay. Derek, what do you got? Starting with up. Let's start with up. I think th- I think three up is uh, it real one up. It looks like the Padres are really going to give Chris Paddock a chance to mm-hmm. be in the opening uh, break camp, 
as a member of the five-man starting rotation, not the opening day starter, which you'd hope for, but they're gonna they're not gonna worry about the fact that he had an innings limit. They're not gonna worry about the fact that he's a, a rookie and you know service time and all that kind of nonsense. They're gonna say this is one of our five best guys. He's the most ready right now. Put him in the starting rotation. If they do that, that that's a big up for me. My up is this team just seems like fun. Like these guys seem mm-hmm. like a good time. And the reason I say that is the um, uh, the tr- uh, in Preller we trust T-shirts yep. that were <laughs> all over GM, the clubhouse uh, with that that stern look of AJ on the front of the T-shirt. And somebody had put them in every single locker, and guys were wearing them around. And I just love stuff like that. And it gives you a good feel about the team, their personality, their togetherness. And I just think they're going to be a lot of fun to cover. You're going to have guys that are fiery and competitors um, that aren't afraid to mix it up. And then Hosmer's got a great personality. Uh, You always talk about Fran Mill being a big teddy bear. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a great, you know, Paddock with his, you know, wearing the cowboy hat and old Western shirts when he's he's getting ready to start. His entrance music, and we talked about this the other day, his entrance music needs to be the theme song from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes. Because how, I just want him to walk out there with, with a little, wah, little, little, wah, 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 right, a little cigar wah, in the corner of his mouth. Yeah. He puts it out on the pitcher's mouth and the then mouth. goes. Yeah. That would be awesome. I yes. just think there's great personalities. There's great characters. I enjoyed seeing that. The SI cover was awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a fun group. Everybody wants a good team. It's that much better when you have a fun team on yeah. top of that. Uh, my up is, for now, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but mm-hmm. no injuries. I mean, no main, like, Season-ending injuries for uh, a nucleus guy. Are a nagging problem. Yeah, but right. it's it's not a you know a hold your breath injury. Sure. It's not a oh my god what happened injury. So so far it's been a healthy spring for the Padres. Uh, the team looks uh, healthier as days go by. Uh, let's hope that's a trend that moves on into the season. Yep. You're down, Derek. Three. I'll get three down. I think it's uh, my down is time. I want this to get going, man. I don't want. We're a week away now, and I can take like when one ten hit. This afternoon, mm. I was driving back in from shooting uh, USD's football pro day. Uh, Anthony Lawrence looks really good, by All the right. way. We'll yeah. talk about that later. But um, and hit one. I looked at the clock and, and it said just randomly said one ten. I was like, Oh, this time first pitch in a week yeah. from right now. <laughs> it was like I just want I just hurry up. Can I like go into a coma for a week or something? Because yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, my down that Jacob Nix UCL tear, and yeah. we still don't know necessarily severity if it's going to require Tommy John surgery. Uh, but that's the guy that you were excited to talk to when we were mm-hmm. in Peoria. Good dude. Um, that another guy with a bright future that's in the mix with all those pitchers. Uh, y- you hope it doesn't mean he's on the shelf for a year, but that's kind of the one thing that's been a downer. And one of the few exceptions yeah. when you talk about, they have not been hit by the injury bug. No. Uh, that's going to happen to your arms at some point. And, yeah. and unfortunately for Jacob, he's the one that got it. Uh, my down is I'm not going to be here for opening day. It's our down, too. Uh, it's my down. Your uh, team will now, though. The yeah. Team, the Gi- you go up, the Giants come down. What's the deal? One of my teams started in Japan and got swept by the Mariners. Yeah. But Can you call it two games a sweep, though? Yeah, I, mean, I can't well, even call it a series. Here we go. If, if, the Padre, if the Padres do that, we call it a sweep. So okay. it's a sweep. Don't ride uh, it, yeah. No, but my, my down is uh, Ichiro's gone. Um, mm-hmm. Every time uh, the day we're doing this podcast is the day, the final day we saw uh, 51 in the outfield for the Mariners. Uh, I've never seen a baseball player more focused, uh, more in control of his emotions and of, of his game than Ichiro. Uh, he managed to hit more than 3,000 hits getting here by age 28. Had he started by age 20, 21, he would have gotten help 
5,000 hits? Think 5,000 hits. He'd have boat race Pete Rose. Oh, yeah, for, yeah, for, he he would have lapped him yeah. twice. Uh, <laughs> so every time a guy like that uh, just walks into this, he did it the right way. He came with the Mariners. Then he had that like weird stint with the Yankees and, and, Marlins. and, and the Marlins. So he came in with the M's. He's leaving with the M's in Japan, winning against the A's. Uh, that's my down. Every time a guy like that just he's not playing baseball anymore. Baseball's he lose. We all lose a great guy. Uh, I've never seen him laugh uh, a I couple have. of times in I Miami. Actually, yeah. But uh, that to that extent, uh, I think he'll be a first time ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, no uh, question. And I and I think I don't know. Someone might question that he didn't win with the Mariners and that he uh, wasn't a, a central piece for a winning championship team. Didn't and, keep Ken Griffey Jr. out. Yeah, but... Didn't keep Edgar Martinez out. Uh, my question is if Ken Griffey wasn't unanimous, will Ichiro be? Because uh, the face of the EMs is he, Ken he Griffey Jr. He won't be because... I don't his, think he his will. power numbers aren't enough for a lot of yeah. others. Yeah. He's but, a different but, ball player. But again, I go by, there's, there's something... A Hall of Famer has to have an it factor, hmm. right? He has to have yeah. that... that if you don't have just ungodly numbers, you have to have that thing. Ichiro has that thing, yeah. that it factor, where you watch him play and you go, I have no idea how he's doing yeah. that, but man, this guy's fun to watch. And, he is so good. And he and he changed the game of baseball. In what sense? Being a, a, a batter, we, we've never seen before Ichiro, a guy drag the ball or take a couple steps into the batter's box and hit opposite direction or drag the ball with power. Because, I mean, he, he's not a slugger, but he wasn't just, you know, a clipper or a guy that would hit a couple of hits here and there. Yeah. He changed. I mean, look at how Altuve bats today. Uh, and he has that. He has that that sort of approach to, uh, you know, taking a couple steps forward and dragging the ball and see, seeing something different. I mean, Altuve we've never a seen a lot that. more pop. Oh, yeah, of course. But, but we, from, we've but, never but seen. from the left side, you're right. He was, it almost looked like when he would drag a ball, it almost looked like he was halfway down the first yeah. baseline yeah. when yeah. the bat made contact. And con. we never I've, saw that before. And he was never called for being out of the batter's box. No. It was, and plus his speed, his speed was off the charts. His arm strength that. was and off the Well, the charts. throw he had the other day. He's from 45. right to third on a rope at 45 was unreal. And you see the third base, he just got, he goes, yeah, there, he keep, he's trying not, yeah. trying not to. Okay, I'm going to smile. That was awesome. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, you're sad to see him go, and we are sad to see you go. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you've ever, everything you've done for us. Uh, it's been a joy just in my short time to work alongside you. you. Like I said, I'm glad we had that Peoria trip. Yeah. It was a great time, and uh, glad we got to do the podcast one last time. Although, who knows? You know, maybe there's a, a playoff series yeah. or something down the line where uh, we bring you back on, but it's been a lot of fun. Like the Giants will be in the playoffs. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I said down the line. Yeah. Maybe not this year, but projecting forward. Uh, but, man, what a week ahead of us. Obviously, opening day on Thursday. Uh, we're, we've toyed around with the idea of having a pod on Monday. One thing we know for certain certain is when the dust settles Thursday evening we will have uh, the first on Friar episode of the regular season uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun talking so we'll be about with the first Thursday. first ever Padres no hitter it'll be a combined five guys will combine for no hitter on opening day <laughs> and uh, you know be sure to stay with us uh, NBC7.com will have you covered sports wrap on Sunday obviously on air NBC7 uh, between now and opening day, going to be a blast. Looking forward to it. And where can we find the podcast? We can find the podcast uh, while you're listening to it, so you have some idea, unless you're watching on Facebook. There you go. Uh, but iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, the main markets, we are there. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, give us that five-star review. Let us know what you think. Um, we keep saying it, but we got more planned for this thing, and uh, it's going to grow with time. So appreciate you listening. 
enjoy the countdown to opening day. I know everybody's like Derek, like, can we finally get to Let's do this first pitch? But it'll be here soon enough. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.